You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleburne, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleburne.com. As we have learned from this global pandemic, Facebook is a very... and Instagram, YouTube, all of the social media platforms, they are very helpful, right? You know, the cool thing about social media and Facebook, our service goes out all over the world. Did y'all know that we have people that watch our service and are members of our church in Arizona? And we also have people that watch our church and are members of our church in Florida. And so... The cool part about this is, is because of technology, we can have church all over the United States and the world thanks to social media. Now, there's some people that are still hesitant about being in groups of people that are watching with us on Facebook right now. So if you're watching with us on Facebook, let us know what, where you're watching, who's watching with you, uh, how you're doing. Uh, we have somebody back there that is, um, that is commenting with you and and answering all your prayer requests and things like that, but let us know where you are. But all the great things of social media, there's also a bad side. And so today we want to talk about the bad sides. So I wanted you to hear me, hear me up front. I think social media is the greatest tool we could ever use, but we got to use it right. You know, this guitar, it's great. It'll play really well. But if you don't know how to use it, you're not going to sound good. Just take it from me. Uh, you know, I, it, it took me a while. Ask my mom and dad. Many nights of me shredding in my room at midnight. And back then, I didn't have a, a little pedal board that plugged in to the, uh, the, sound, the sound system. Now, if I get too carried away, the sound team can just go mute. And they do it all the time. But back then, Mo, check this. I had a, I had a half stack in my bedroom and I was shredding at midnight <laughs> in, in my room and my parents would come in and go, they go, you know, I'm really glad that you're practicing, but could you do it at a decent time when we're not trying to go to bed? So, but here's the thing, you've got to have the tools, the right tools and use them the right way for them to be useful and beneficial to you. And here's the problem with social media sometimes. We get to see people's top 10% of what their life is really like. We get to see the top 10%. Because if people really saw what your life was like, do you think they'd want to live it? You know, everybody sees our beautiful daughter, Maddie. She did a great job. Wave to, the, wave to everybody, Maddie. Okay, yeah. She did a great job. What you don't know is we had to threaten her. You will get up on that stage. You will jump around and act like you enjoy it. Did we do that, Maddie? No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they li- and they lie too. <laughs> and, but you don't see that. You see, oh, pretty girl jumping up and down on the stage. You, know, you don't get to see the other times when she's hitting her brothers or, or throwing one of the babies down the stairs. Have you ever done that? No. <laughs> I went a little extreme there, okay? Maddie's, Maddie's a good mama. She carries the babies around. But she does fight with her older brother all the time, right, Maddie? Yeah, okay. Thank you. 
She wasn't as animated. She was like, yes, a little bit. So one of the dangers of social media is comparisons. So today what I want to talk about is why are comparisons dangerous? Why are comparisons dangerous? So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to first, or excuse me, second Corinthians, or as our president says, two Corinthians, uh, 10 verse seven. It's not a political statement. It's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> two Corinthians 10, seven. I'm just going to be there today. So if you'd like to follow along in a Bible, uh, I wasn't um, studious enough to look up it's been so long since I've been here, I forgot to look up what page it's on, and then I even forgot between services. So if you'd like to follow along and you know the page, shout it out for your friends out there. But why are comparisons so dangerous? And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church because they're comparing teachers with one another. He's saying they have all these false teachers coming in and they're saying, well, this guy's better than this guy and this guy's better than this guy. And this is what Paul is addressing. He says, 10, 7. He says, you are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident they are, that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. So the number one thing that the issue with comparison is, is it gives us a false reality. First point is it gives us a false reality. We compare ourselves to others based upon worldly standards and we are completely missing what God meant for us. Guys, what we have to face is God made you specifically the way you are to be who you are. And if you compare who you are to me, then you're going to miss it. Not everybody is designed to get up here and yell at people or has the voice to do so. God doesn't make everybody like that. He's made you the way that you need to be for your purpose. And so if you take your mold and put it up against my mold, it's not quite so great. For instance, Noah gave me a good example between services. I'm great at playing the guitar, but if you put some tools to fix a car in my hands, I'm gonna be worthless. In fact, I may mess up your car worse than it was messed up before I put tools in my hand, okay? There's people, there's people in our church. We have a, a plumber and mechanics and stuff. And when I call them and say, hey, I need to fix this, they say, put your tools down, don't touch it, I'll be there in a minute. Right? Right, Nate. Nate does this to me too. And so <laughs> just don't touch it. You make it worse. And so if I compare myself to Nate and Noah, who are great mechanics, I'm going to feel a little bit inferior. But here's the thing. God, God didn't create me to be a mechanic. Just like he didn't create Nate to go shred on the guitar, right? He may get there one day if he tries. But we serve our purposes. And that's what we're supposed to do. And in the message, I love the way it puts it. 2 Corinthians 10, 7, and I have it on the screen. It says, you stare and stare at the obvious, but you can't see the forest for the trees. If you, if you look for a clear example of someone on Christ's side, why, don't, why do you so quickly cut me out? Believe me, I'm quite sure of my standing with Christ. What Paul is saying is, why are you cutting me out? If you're looking for a good example, look at me. Don't look at these false teachers. Look at me. And so I wanted to give you an example of a false reality. I'm going to show you a beautiful picture. Look at this beautiful family. Wow. Don't we just look so happy? Don't we look like we love life? 
Actually, that is not true. I'm, I'm, I, my blood pressure is so high right now, it's probably at stroke level in that picture. Okay? Let me tell you the story. This is a beautiful family picture. The kids, look, they have their arms around each other. They're ever so graciously putting their heads together like they love each other, which never happens. Um, I mean, I'm just telling the truth, but... So we get to this place, and this is, I don't remember where we are, and, and we had to hike to where she wanted to take pictures. So now, if you know anything about hiking, it's okay, unless you have to carry two human beings that can't hike themselves, right? Every parent says amen. And so we go to where we need to be, and she starts to take pictures. I think she takes two pictures, and then she goes, oh, oh, her battery died. So now she has to walk all the way back to her car where we had just hiked from to get the battery. And so if you know, if you have kids, they're like, ooh, dangerous things. Let's have fun, right? Okay. And so we were on a bridge over a creek. Okay. You kind of feel where this is going. And uh, Crystal is carrying Jonah, our youngest. And Crystal's in heels and it's a wooden plank bridge. So what happens? She trips, right? Because heels are not made to walk on wooden plank bridges or hike or whatever. Um, and, and she falls and she busts her knee. And so I'm a good husband. So what do I do? Oh, babe, are you okay? Try to help her, try to help, grab the baby, hold her. And then, then we go, what's our next thought? Where's Isaiah? Right? Because we were so distracted with Crystal falling and hurt herself, Isaiah got away, right? Because every two-year-old stays where they're supposed to be, right? No. Uh, and, and we found him. And around this creek, there is a large embankment, embankment. And I turn around and look just as Isaiah steps to go down the bank embankment to the creek. Now, what he didn't figure out was he's got really short legs. So he just went down, right? He rolled down the creek. And I'm hauling all kinds of get out in dress shoes. You know, I, I probably did a 3840, you know, hauling after adrenaline's an amazing thing. You're like, you didn't do a 3840. Try me if my kid's gonna die. Um, and even some people that were in a wedding party saw Isaiah rolling down and they were booking it as well because they thought he was going to the creek. And what two year olds knows how to swim? I really haven't met one. And and so he rolls and rolls and rolls and stops before he gets to the creek. Praise God. So I pick Isaiah up. Crystal's bleeding. She skinned her knee. Then I put Isaiah down on the bridge. I go, let's go back. And the camera lady gets. And then Isaiah trips. Boom. Busts his face. Busts his lip. And then she's like, and I'm like, I'm done with this. And Crystal goes, I think we're just going to go. She goes, well, let me get one picture. And we stop and take this picture. Look at Isaiah's lips. You can tell they're so red because he just bust his lip. We wipe the blood off everybody. And we're like, smile at the camera now. <laughs> and don't we look like a beautiful family? <laughs> and you look, you look at this on Facebook. You're like, oh, I bet they love each other so much. What you don't know is I'm about to kill every one of these kids and start over. That's what I'm going to do. Just start over with new ones, right? These are broken. They, they didn't come that way. <laughs> it's not, I know it's not how it works, but when you're mad, you don't always think rationally, okay? And, and so, but the problem is we look at this family and go, I wish my family was like this. You really? 
You wish that your kid almost died, your wife's leg is bleeding, and you're sitting there going, take the picture before I kill somebody. That's what you want? Because every man loves family pictures. Raise your hand if you love family pictures, guys. Ladies, look, no man is raising his hand. Okay, just take that. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome, all right? Father's Day's coming up. And you know what we don't want for Father's Day? We don't want pictures. That's what we don't want. All right, can I get an amen? amen. We're having a revival in here, okay. Before I get in too much trouble, let's continue. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 8. It says, so even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. So the second thing, when we compare others' highlight reels, when we compare others' day-to-day to, or our day-to-day to others' highlight reels, is it tears us down. Comparing one another tears us down. And God has given us the responsibility as his church to build each other up, not tear each other down. You know, because you can easily look at that picture that I just showed you and, and moms can go, oh, I wish I was like Crystal and could dress all the kids up looking really nice. And they just look at them, look in the picture. They look all put together. And you don't know, just minutes before, we almost lost one of the four. <laughs> and if things would have gone real sideways, we would have almost lost two of the four. But you see a picture of, a veri- of, of not really reality And you tear yourself down. I see this a lot in marriages. Now, before I say this, there's no Holy Spirit elbows allowed, okay? Let the Holy Spirit do its own work. He could do that. He doesn't need your elbow to help. (laughs) Ladies, when you see another lady on Facebook posting that someone's husband got them flowers, You're like, you never get me flowers. Why don't you get me flowers? What you don't know is homeboy went to the store and just said, they have flowers at the store? I don't know they have flowers. They're on sale for 10 bucks? Yeah! Somebody's get out of trouble tonight, right? And you slide your card for 10 bucks, come home and go, I was thinking of you the whole time, babe, right? Don't lie. Don't you dare lie in church. That's That's what we do. But you're like, he thought about this all day in the Facebook post. He thought about this all day. It makes me feel so special all the time. And, you're, and ladies, you go, why don't you ever do that for me? Why don't you ever notice that there's flowers in the store and just randomly get some that you think that I like and just happen to be my favorite and you love them, right? Ladies, the same way. You, or guys, the same way. You compare others' wives. You know, like... I see ladies all the time going, I made my husband a plate. He does so much for me. And you're like, why don't you do that for me? Why don't you clean up after me? And my wife goes, I got four kids. That's why. Right? (laughs) Amen. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No Holy Spirit elbows. Right. And guys, what I'm saying to you is don't compare other people's highlight reels to your everyday. Nobody gets up in the morning doesn't do their hair, lays in bed, all the hair jacked up and goes, selfie, let's post this on Facebook, right? No, what do we do? We get our hair right, ladies, we get our makeup right, we get the filter that makes us look 40 pounds skinnier, right? Don't lie, I know you do it. And then it was like, you're like, who is that? Oh, that's uh, so-and-so. You know, we have all these things 
to alternate our reality. But guys, here's what I want you to hear. God loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want an altered reality of you. He wants you. And so stop allowing the comparisons with one another to tear you down, but be built up. So let's keep reading. 2 Corinthians 10, 9 through 12. Um, And I'm I'm just going to skip down, Noah. Let's just read verse 12. Verse 12 says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who can commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So that brings me to the third point. Social media and comparisons, three, it elevates people we should not follow. It elevates people we should not follow. Guys, Paul is talking about false prophets. And what he's saying is false prophets were good at self-promoting or saying how awesome they are. But guys, if someone is awesome, they don't have to tell you how awesome they are, right? Do I have to tell you that LeBron James is a good basketball player? No, you can see that by, his, by what he does on the court. Do I have to tell you that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time? No, I don't have to because he is. Amen, guys? If you don't believe me, watch the last dance tonight, okay? He is the greatest of all time. I don't have to tell you that. Why? Because you see it. But social media is chock full of people that talk about how amazing they are when they're really not someone we should be following. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 in the Passion Translation says it this way. Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by. And then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion. Guys, there's only one standard that we need to live our life by. And that's God's standards. The only standard that we should live by is what God. And the only success I want to have in my life is that success that God wants me to have. You know, I learned something. I I was a mentor for a short period of time at Smith Middle School. And I had two young men that I was a mentor to. And I asked them both, you know, normal questions. And I expected a normal response, but I didn't get it. I asked them, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you think they said? They want to be a YouTuber. And at that moment, I felt like my dad. Do you know what it, do you know, do you know, do you know that YouTubers don't make any money? I felt like I was my dad, you know, telling my dad I wanted to be a musician when I grow up. My dad goes, you know what? Musicians don't make money, son. Uh, He told me that over and over and over and over again. And I'm here to report to you, musicians don't make any money. Uh, But (laughs) what I'm saying, well, You got to be really, really good to make money. I'll put it that way. But guys, we elevate these people. And if we knew what their life was really like, we would not follow them at all. What I want you to understand is that people that are somebody do not have to make a case of why they are somebody. You know it. Guys, I've had the opportunity to hang out with um, John Junker. He's the owner of the railroaders. And one thing I've noticed about 
people like John, who owns a baseball team, when he walks in the room, everybody stops and pays attention to him. You know why? Not because John has someone calling the room to attention when he he walks in the room. They know the owner's here. I better pay attention. Right? And guys, when leaders are in your midst, you don't have to tell people to pay attention to them. They just do. It's bred into them. And so guys, don't be following all these people that tout themselves on social media. Most leaders on social media have trouble posting things about themselves. Like me, I hate posting pictures of myself. It drives me insane. I hate, I hate sharing videos of myself. I think I sound, I'm like, I watch video of myself and go, why does anyone listen to me for any period of time? I do not sound like I have anything worthwhile to say. But here's the thing. I'm only concerned about God's standard for me. And as long as God is using me to do what he has, I'm gonna keep doing it. But guys, I wanna encourage you. Don't find these social media influencers. Don't find these people all over the world. Find the people that are doing what you want to do and maybe a little bit further down the road and ask them how they did it. Like for me, I find pastors that have successful churches that are much older than me, that have kids that are serving with them in the ministry. And I go, how did you do this? And you know what they tell me? It's amazing. They tell me, you know what? It's going to be the most painful thing you've ever done in your whole life, but it's worth it. Does anything on social media tell you that, hey, you're going to have to work hard. It's going to be painful, but it's all worth it. No. Social media says YOLO, right? You only live once. I had to say that for the people who are like, what's YOLO? I don't understand. You only live once. Or Or you have all these challenges on Instagram and social media. But guys, I talk to these pastors and I say, hey, what is it that has made you successful? You know what the number one thing they've always told me is we always make God our number one priority. And if we always make God the main thing, everything else just has a a way of falling in place. I tell married couples all the time. And if I ever speak at your wedding, I'll probably say this. Marriage is like a triangle. You two are at the bottom. And as you grow closer to God, what happens? You grow closer together. You're not working on growing closer together. You're working on going closer to God. But as a result, God draws you closer to one another. The same is true with every aspect of your life. If you will draw near to God, he will fix everything in your life. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? The first question I have for you is, who defines your reality? Who defines your reality? Is your reality defined by all these people on social media who you have no idea how they live their life except for the little sliver they let you see? Because guys, I guarantee you, if you got to see what my life was really like, some of you would probably never have kids if you had kids. I promise you, because everybody thinks babies are cuddly and cute until they have one. Right, Noah? They stay up all night, they're always hungry, and they always poop. 
and they wait until you take the diaper off to poop. You're like, just had a clean diaper on you. But here's the thing. When you don't have one or you don't have something, you think it's great. And guys, I'm not saying babies aren't great. I'm saying one day they grow up, you're able to play catch with them. They'll look at you and say something like, dad, you're awesome. Then I hear they grow up even more and want nothing to do with you. That's, that's what I've been told. And then eventually it comes back around and then they want to have something to do with you again. It's, 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 a, fun, it's a fun balance, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, I just had an epiphany. It's almost like God's trying to teach us a lesson of what parenting us is really like. That'll preach. Number two, who is your role model? Because guys, I want you to find somebody that is a little further down the road than you, that has the life that you want, that follows God in the way that you want to follow God. And I want you to say, how did you do this? If you listen to the, the, if you listen to the mom's panel last week, my wife did a wonderful job as well as the ladies that helped her. And one thing that stuck out to me, one person I thought was a spiritual giant and she is, Miss Ruby. I didn't realize she had been out of church for 10 years. And God used that 10 years to shape her to the lady she is today. So don't think that people just got where they were without going through pain, without going through heartache. Because I guarantee you they have the same pain and same heartache as you. You just don't know it because you don't see it. We don't let people see our pain. We don't let people see our struggle. So find somebody that's a little further down the road than you and say, how did you do that? I want to do that. And you're going to find it's not as hard as you think. Most of the time, and every pastor I've ever spoken to said, as long as you keep God and your family first, everything else will work out. So number three, is God please with whom you pattern your life around? Is God pleased with whom you pattern your life around? Because guys, our number one pattern needs to be what God calls us to do. And the only way that we're going to know that is if we read his word. And number two, who is speaking into your life? Do you have good people in your life? If you're a guy, do you have good men, godly men speaking into your life? If you're a lady, do you have godly ladies speaking into your life? is shaping you who is molding you because guys we cannot do this alone if this pandemic didn't teach you anything I hope that it taught you we are not built to do this alone for prolonged periods of time we do crazy things like watch Netflix shows about a, a redneck guy in Oklahoma that buys a bunch of tigers and we can't stop talking about it Right? That's what we do. If you'd have told me, if you'd have told me before, before the pandemic, you're going to watch a show about a redneck in Oklahoma that owns a bunch of tigers. I'm going to go, sounds like a winner. <laughs> right? But isolation does crazy things to us, right? 
And so like Pastor Grant says, let this teach you something. Be taught that you are not, you're not called to be your, your, your children's teachers 24-7, right? Amen, everybody? Woo-hoo, right? We love our teachers. Amen? If we didn't know that, we, we really love them now. We're looking forward to Augustina. And if they decide to go sooner, we'll bring them sooner. We're fine with that. <laughs> School starts tomorrow? Great. Let's do it. <laughs> and we've also found that we cannot do this alone. We need each other. And in the greatest moment in our history, this is our moment as the church to rise up and be here for each other. So guys, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And I want you, when I'm done praying, I just want you to remain seated. Pastor Grant's going to come up here. He's going to dismiss you by rose so we can dismiss in an orderly fashion. That way we don't get too many people near each other. We want to keep you guys safe. Um, And so if y'all could just sit sit tight. I'm going to walk out with my family so we can wave bye to you as, as we go. And then Pastor Grant's going to release you. And then we have to disinfect all these chairs again. Um, and because your safety is our number one priority. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to tell everybody that, hey, this went fine. I know it seems a little scary, but we got a plan. Because I know that there's still people out there that are a little on the fence of whether or not they should come. And I want you to encourage them. Hey, I know you're scared, but they've got a good plan in place. But for you watching online, as long as we can, well, we're never going to stop it because we've got people in in other areas that are watching it. We're going to bring you a good quality service online. We love you guys online. We love you guys here. Let me pray for you. Then we'll send you out. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, help us to take this to heart. Help us to understand that comparisons are not something that is healthy for us. Lord, we get to see everybody's highlight reel and we compare our life to their highlight reel and it's not fair. So Lord, I pray that you would just help us to pattern our life the way that you want us to do it. Help us to find people to speak into our life. Help us to find people to help us along the way. And Lord, I just pray for our nation right now. Lord, we are struggling as a nation, as a world. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing. Lord, I pray that you would bring unity. I pray that you would be with our leaders. Lord, I pray that you would help them to lead in such a way that is beneficial for us and not for their own gain. And Lord, I pray that you would just give them the wisdom and the conviction to lead us in the way that we need to go in all of this. Lord, I pray that you would just keep us all safe. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling with their health right now. Lord, I pray that you would just heal them. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. Even in the midst of these unusual times, Lord, you are working and you are moving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.